Bounce backs from Daytona. Where will you find them? That is one of the topics that we will tackle right now as we welcome into the fast lane. Stephen Stumpf, NASCAR reporter, FrontStretch.com. Stephen, a pleasure to speak with you. We will get to that question momentarily. But, of course, before we do that, we hope you're well. Hopefully you're staying sane and have had a chance to hit the reset button from Daytona to Atlanta. As far as teams that don't need to hit the reset button, Hendrick Motorsports tops that list with a 1-2 finish of William Byron and Alex Bowman. Are you in the conspiracy theory camp? Are you in the camp that... As much as it may not be fun, NASCAR got this right. Um, if you're talking about the finish on Sunday, I think there's only so much that could have been done because this is now the fourth time in the last five years that the 500s ended under caution. There's a spin, obviously. You know, with Cinder coming back up the track, they needed to. They couldn't keep it green, and Byron was um, just up front at the right time. So. I didn't have any issues with how the race ended, but I know there are other people that would. But regardless, you know, with it being the biggest race of the year and having another ending that didn't finish under green, it's not the greatest start to the year. You combine that with the fact that weather moved it off of its original time again from Sunday to a Monday late afternoon, early evening race. You know, five-ish million viewers for it, but it's not the peak we've seen even in recent years of eight to nine million viewers for an event like this. Is Fox and our NASCAR, is NASCAR as an entity, are both of those properties, are they in catch-up mode to try to build momentum already for the start of this season? I think so, because... I mean, unfortunately, after, you know, four decades of having just incredible weather for the Daytona 500, it wasn't even, you know, postponed until 2012. Now it's been postponed three times. You know, it's, it was, you know, it was looking like it was going to be fun. There was a lot of hype. It was, uh, it was, you know, once again, a sellout crowd. Having that, those kind of two days of Saturday, Sunday just raining, it kind of messed with, it kind of messed with the flow. And obviously, you know, with how the 500 ended and it being on a Monday, I do think there is some catch-up that NASCAR does need to be doing. For NASCAR to grow off of this, and we're chatting with Stephen Stumpf of FrontStretch.com, do they carry any momentum on the flip side from the fact that They had a number of celebrities there, mainstream, like DJ Khaled and uh, The Rock, who gave the command to fire engines, and even the fact that The Rock stuck around to Monday to give that epic command to begin the race and uh, seemingly gave NASCAR some good publicity after that. Yeah, I have to admit, that was a really incredible command. So I'm glad we all got to witness that. I, I do think, again, I think it's just the same as every year. I do think there was some good things that happened there was you know obviously it was it was shaping up to be an event but you know obviously i think at least you know in terms of momentum it's at least better than what happened with the clash where they had to reschedule everything the day before the halftime show that they had with machine gun kelly didn't happen and so on but i think i think in that regard i don't think I don't think it's going to be too much of an impact going into the next couple of races because, for example, Atlanta has perfect weather. 
and I think we're going to you know, be in store for a couple of good weeks. Stephen Stumpf, frontstretch.com at Stephen underscore Stumpf, where you can keep up with his work as he's shedding some thoughts and perspective for us today in the fast lane. The William Byron win itself. He's gained a lot of followers around here from the ties to Liberty University as a student and, of course, then being a sponsor of his. And Byron has attended a number of football games and clearly has expressed uh, fandom for LU. What about the win again in the Daytona 500? What does that do to continue to raise the profile of a driver that, frankly, doesn't get the same amount of attention as some of his Hendrick Motorsports teammates like prior champions Kyle Larson and, of course, most popular driver of the year contender annually, Chase Elliott? I think when you look at Byron's season last year, he won six races, um, ended up scoring the most points of anyone. Obviously, it didn't end the way he wanted at Phoenix, just finished behind Larson and Blaney. I think when you have a season like that, I think what's important is how you bounce back. A lot of times, there's the so-called championship hangover or you know just making it to the championship round hangover. But obviously, so far, that doesn't seem to be the case. Byron, you know, has already knocked off you know, the biggest win, perhaps the biggest win of his racing career. And, in fact, the 500 this year was actually his first lead lap finish in the Daytona 500. In six prior attempts, he had finished 23rd or worse. So, but I think, but but looking ahead to this season, you had his breakout year last year. He already has all the momentum in the world going in to 2024. I think this is a great shot in the arm for the number 24 team and what they can do. And to be honest, given how good he is at Atlanta, now a two-time winner there, he has a very good chance of becoming the first cup driver to win the first two races of a season since Kansas in 09. That would be quite the feat for William Byron to begin this upcoming season. Does that in and of itself indicate that the number 24 car should be considered a championship contender, or is it more adding that to a breakout year last year and the fact that the last couple of years he's shown that he himself and his 24 team can perform well and win on pretty much any type of track? I think I think the, uh, I think Byron is already a championship contender based on how good he was last year. But I think at the same time, you know, looking into this season, I do think there needs to be some more some more races under under this year's belt to see kind of we get an idea of who's who and who's not. Because I mean, Daytona, Atlanta, they're super speedway style tracks. There's there's drafting, and you know, as great as it is to win those two, you know, success here doesn't necessarily reflect success in the rest of the season. So I'm kind of in terms of Byron being a championship contender. I'm looking forward to Las Vegas, the first uh, the first intermediate. It's also a track you want at last year. I think you know whoever shows up there. I think they'll be the kind of the first signs of you know who's ready to go. You know for you know being in Phoenix eight seven eight months down the road. So you referenced Las Vegas. That comes up after Atlanta. Is that where we really get an idea of what? the Toyota and Ford drivers are capable of doing in their new car, or do we see more of that at Atlanta this weekend, even though it's a tapered spacer? I think Las Vegas is where where we'll get most of that test. So like Atlanta, Atlanta is obviously different from racing at Daytona and Talladega. It's narrower. 
and it seems to be more of a battle. The heavyweights, Daytona, I think Daytona and Talladega, I think the beauty of that is it doesn't matter what team you're from. Anyone can be in the draft. Anyone has a chance to win. But if you look at Atlanta and the results, it's usually been the powerhouse teams, the heavyweights that have dominated and finished towards the front based on the nature of the racing there. But regardless, even though even though it's the best teams that dominate Atlanta, Atlanta is so much different from the rest of the schedule, and especially you know getting into the playoffs that I don't think there's too much you can take from it. So I do think Las Vegas will be the first test, and I think it'll be, I think as we get to Las Vegas, um, Phoenix, Bristol, Circuit of the Americas, once we kind of get to Easter at Richmond, I think we'll really have an idea about um, who are the key players, you know, for the rest of the season. Steven underscore stump. Twitter and Instagram, frontstretch.com, where you can keep up with Steven's work and insight. Steven, we're going to kind of go two different ways of bridging the Daytona to Atlanta transition, one of which is a number of drivers like Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney, Brad Keselowski, Denny Hamlin, and others, very gifted on this type of track, but were caught up in wrecks and never had a chance there at the end because of that. Out of that bunch... Which ones do you have your eye on most keenly in terms of what they showed at Daytona and the ability to take a mulligan and utilize it at Atlanta this weekend? I'm looking at I'm looking at Brad Keselowski and Joey Logano in particular. Well, first of all, in the uh, in the spring Atlanta race a year ago, they finished first and second. But at Daytona, Logano won the pole. He led the most laps. To me, it looked like he had the fastest car of the race, and had he been able to cycle out in front of Ross Chastain in the final round of Green Flag Pit Stops, I think it's a very different outcome if he's in front of the pack and doesn't get involved in the big wreck. So I'm looking at I'm looking at him. I also Ford's also dominated qualifying in Atlanta the last couple of years. And I'm also looking at Brad because he was also one of the best cars in both Atlanta races last year. He was passed on the last lap at in this race by Logano a year ago, Atlanta, he was one of the best cars until kind of the whole weather and the end of the stage kind of shuffled the strategy. I think Atlanta would be one of his best chances to win, at least, you know, early in the season because, I mean, it's his winless streak is now, I think, approaching 100 races. So it's, it's, it's for the sixth team, it's a matter of when, not if, but the clock's definitely ticking for Brad to get back into victory lane as well. Meanwhile, there are other drivers who performed extremely well in cars that normally are not regular contenders. Um, They may get one here or there, but not regular contenders. The Legacy Motor Club cars, Corey LaJoy, and others all had good runs at Daytona. Who out of that bunch do you believe can translate that to a great weekend in Atlanta? I think the answer is pretty easy. It's Corey LaJoy. Um, if you if you look at um, all of his results at the new Atlanta, so to speak, he's been stellar at it. Um, if you look at if you look at the first ra- the first race in 2022, he fin- he finished fifth while going backwards across the finish line, no less. Then if you look at the summer of 2022, he led 19 laps. He was battling Chase Elliott, going toe to toe in the final laps until getting wrecked. Um, the spring race. And then the spring race last year, he finished fourth. And now that Corey's coming off of a fourth in the 500, which ties his best finish of his cup career, 
I think the seven team is really going to be one to watch once again heading into this weekend. Steven Stumpf, insight, analysis, and perspective at frontstretch.com. And it's Steven underscore Stumpf. Steven, great to have you back in the fast lane today. Thank you again for your time. Hope and trust that you're well and look forward to chatting again soon. It sounds great. I'm just uh, I'm just excited that the season's back. It's, it was a long off season. I'm excited we got about 36 more weekends of racing ahead of us. You, me, and plenty of others are all excited that it is here. Steven Stumpf with us here in the Fast Lane. Trey and I, by the way, will give our projections tomorrow and our votes of confidence. And you got to have a dark horse thrown in there. Although, uh, if you look at the odds right now, there are only a couple drivers that are triple-digit odds. They're... There's not a lot Ed, in terms of true dark did, horses. Did, so you you know those Toyotas were pretty fast last week. They were. Is that you know? I'm just saying. Temptation Island. I know who you're picking. <laughs> you, you know, know what? Where, you know where I'm really going to go confident on him. There's a three race How about stretch. This? He has two chances to do it. Do this this weekend. He's ready to both the Xfinity and the Cup race. Will Josh? All, wait, wait. Oh. Let me finish. Oh. Well, Josh Williams parked it on the front stretch again. Now, that's a real question. That That is a great question because he did it last year in the style of our guy, Kenny Powers. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. More on that tomorrow. How you can lose them in our votes of confidence. We're back tomorrow, 5 to 6.